0: You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Nevers. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 the Buzz and 1037TheBuzz.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On is sent you Arkansas Tennessee big baseball series coming up this weekend as we know that both teams are ranked in the top five Arkansas playing their final road series in the SEC looking to make it an even sweep against the volunteers and continuing on their great success against SEC teams this year and to talk more about it we're going to go ahead and go to the phone lines and welcome in Wes Rucker of Go Vols 247 does a phenomenal job covering all things Tennessee Wes appreciate you joining us this afternoon how you doing
2: not too bad, guys. The uh, I think the my Peloton just tried to kill me, but other than that, I'm uh, doing
1: all right today. <laughs> hey, well, that's okay because uh, I don't even have a Peloton to kill me with, so I should probably get one. But uh, but we appreciate you coming on with us, anyways, man. And it's kind of crazy because you know Tennessee has been a team where for for many years, at least from the perspective here in Arkansas, they you know they're part of the SEC. They've had a good couple years here and there, but this team, this year's Tennessee Volunteers team is just a monster, next level. Tony Vitella doing a great job. Was this expected for this Volunteers team to be this good before the season started, or have they just surprised a lot of people and they found ways to keep on winning?
2: You know, I'll tell you, honestly, it's tough to say because last season, you know, Tennessee was 15-2 and two in the non-conference and was just leading the nation in just a crazy amount of offensive, defensive, and pitching categories. It was just sort of beating up on everybody. Uh, and it had three guys who were going to be taken in the first four rounds of the draft. And, and so it really was a blow to them last season, you know, obviously for everyone, but for them especially, you know, I think when when the COVID cut down the season because they really felt like they were about to arrive. Uh, and then going into this season, they had lost those three guys. One of them was Garrett Crochet, who got drafted by the White Sox in the top ten overall, and then it seemed like he was in the majors like a few weeks later. So, you know, they they felt like they had a strong team last season and they felt like they were still going to be pretty good this season. The interesting thing is, though, this team, it's, it's played the whole season without two of probably its best four pitchers, uh, with Jackson Leith and Ben Joyce, guys who were just going to be absolute, they, they thought, absolute monsters for them. Um, but they've not been able to pitch. And then offensively, they got off to a slower start than expected in some ways. They, they weren't getting a lot of power. Um, but now that's started to come together, too, and early in the season, they were just kind of finding ways to win. Now they're really just thumping people at times. And and so to answer your question, I was not convinced they would be this good. But inside the program, they thought they would be even better than they've been. So I'm sure the answer, the correct answer is probably somewhere in the middle.
0: So I'm sure with uh, Vandy, they they look at Vandy as the team in state that they like to have success against. But now you have the number one team in the country coming in in Arkansas. So What's kind of been the talk about how Tennessee matches up with Arkansas coming in and then you guys are at 100% capacity with the fans?
2: Yeah, I mean and they're going to be sold out all weekend, you know. They they've been starved for, you know, obviously for football success here for for the past 10, 12 years. It's not been what they've wanted. You know, basketball, they really thought this was going to be a Final 4 team this year and then it kind of had some injuries and sort of didn't go the way they wanted it to go um and, and so that was frustrating so this baseball team has come ac- it's come at a great time um because this it's kind of Prozac for this this city this area the state it really needs something and this baseball team has been that and so the the Vanderbilt series was only 50% capacity but you would never know that by the noise in there it was it was next level it was big time uh that series was and and so I expect it'll be that way again this weekend as for the matchup, it's it's a really, really, really interesting matchup because you've got two teams. Um, they have some differences in style in some ways. Uh, I think Arkansas probably top to bottom has more talent, but Tennessee just has a knack for making plays, and, and, and they're a really, really disciplined team. If you look, they don't walk anybody. They draw more walks than anybody in the league. They get on base better than any team in the league, and they don't hit batters. They they just they make you earn everything you get. You have to throw them strikes or else they will sit there and take ball four all day long. And if you throw them a meaty pitch, in SEC play, I believe they're leading the league in home runs uh, or they're right up there near the top. So they're a really difficult lineup, one through nine, to get through. And you could, you could sort of flip the lineup and you wouldn't have much of a difference. And I think that's been the key for them. Uh, Pitching-wise, um, they don't have a lot of guys who will just completely dominate you with stuff. Uh, perhaps uh, Blade Tidwell, the tattered freshman on Sunday, he'll probably be a first-round pick next year. Um, but he's a guy who can just throw 98, 99 right by you. Other than that, though, they just they throw strikes, they pound the zone, they don't make. You know, they'll give up home runs. They're not afraid to do that because they're not going to give you free bases. So they just have a way about them. They win close games. They have a toughness about them. Um, but you know, top to bottom, whose roster would I rather have? Probably Arkansas. So I mean, I, I think it's going to be a really, really fun series.
1: We'll continue our discussion with Wes Rucker here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about RockAuto.com. With the ever-increasing makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the car parts you need at a traditional storefront. That's why rockauto.com, as you said, it's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Just go to rockauto.com and search for all auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. And... The best part of all is that they are having a great deal where all their prices are very reliably low, no matter if you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional. So go to rockauto.com and see all the car parts available for your car or truck. right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. You know, Wes, uh, the connection also with this Arkansas and Tennessee team is Coach Vitello, who was an assistant coach under Dave Van Horn for a few years, and we know that Dave has had a lot of success at Arkansas. Has Tony Vitello spoken about that relationship or about that coaching connection this week? And if so, uh, what is some of the things that he has said about his time with Arkansas and Dave Van Horn?
2: Oh, very much so. And, and and he speaks about Van Horn sometimes just in random. He'll make passing references to, you know, kind of lessons he remembered or, or a story from, from Van Horn. He he holds him in very, very high regard. And, and Vitello's a guy who has always seemed very appreciative of, of the opportunities he's had. And and there's no question that, that he speaks very, very highly and thinks very highly of his time in Fayetteville. You know, there's still a lot of Arkansas fans that you see on social media you know, you know, tweet things at him, or they'll even reply to me, being like, "I don't want Van Horn to go anywhere, but if he does, Tony's the guy I want." Um, you know, and and there's certainly a lot of love there, mutually, and a lot of respect. Now, that will probably go out the window for nine hours this weekend, um, because Vitello is, is an absolutely dogged competitor. I mean, that guy chirps a lot. His team chirps a lot. They get really fired up. Um, they have a sort of I don't want to say abrasive, but certainly a hard nose, a hard edge about them. Um, but as soon as the game stops and before the game starts, you will hear nothing but love coming from his mouth about Dave Van Horn, about Arkansas, about, you know, Bomb Stadium, about the city of Fayetteville, about the people there. Uh, it's certainly a place that that's really, really has a strong connection to sort of his heart and soul. But uh, with that said, for nine hours this weekend, he, he would like to beat the crud out of them.
0: What are some of those things that Coach Vitallo has mentioned that he's learned from Coach Van Horn? One of the
2: biggest things, and, and I guess Tony admitted this is kind of a selfish thing, but but he said that, that Van Horn really taught him to get good people to do their jobs and let them do their jobs. You know, he, he doesn't micromanage to the point of being in everyone's face all the time as a staff, just telling them what they need to be doing. He's a big proponent of hiring good people and then letting them do the job the way that they feel like they can do the job. And I think that's something you've seen with Tony Vitello at Tennessee. Since he's been at Tennessee, you know, his pitching coach, his assistants, they've all stayed together and they like working for him. Tennessee gives them the resources and the resources to be able to hire the the people that he wants. You know, getting a guy like Frank Anderson is a big statement. I mean, that's one of the best pitching coaches in the college game. I mean, that guy's phenomenal, what he's done. But I think that's probably the biggest thing is, you know, there's certainly recruiting trade secrets and, and little things like that that he's picked up too, but the biggest thing he always talks about is how much he respect he has for Van Horn for letting him grow as a coach. He didn't just sit over his shoulder and, and you know, make every decision for him. He let him kind of be his own man and learned his own lessons, and and Vitello thinks that's a big part of the reason why he is where he is now.
1: And it's crazy what Tony Vitello has done at Tennessee because there was a stretch there, I guess, from 2005 to 2019 where Tennessee didn't even make the postseason. And we know that in the SEC, baseball has become a pretty big deal with a lot of fans. So are fans now – like, how, how has Tennessee always been as far as fans go when it comes to baseball? Have they always been diehard fans, but that lull kind of took them away from it as Vitello just – really re-energize the program where now fans are flocking to the baseball program. What's what's just kind of been the overall feel since Vitel has been there and the fans and how they love baseball now?
2: Well, there's certainly more of a bandwagon now, but there's always been a small section of really big diehard who they've been ride or die with the program, right? You know, people forget that, you know, before Tennessee had that you know over 13, 14 year streak without the tournament, it went to Omaha three times in 11 years. And had just some some unbelievable, you know, Todd Helton, Chris Burke level players, uh, R.A. Dickey's, I mean, you know, just studs. And and they were really, 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 really good teams there for a while. Um, but then Tennessee kind of fell off as a program right about the same time the Vanderbilt started rising. And, and it, it just, it, it started going the wrong way. And they make, they kept making the hole deeper. Um, but I've said for years that, that baseball is a sport where more so than basketball and football, Tennessee has the players within the state to be pretty competitive with a lot of in-state players. I mean, you look at just, you know, the, the Farragut high school program, which is just about eight miles or so from Tennessee's campus. That's one of the best baseball teams in the country every year. You know, those guys, they get draft picks every year. They send guys to Vandy, Tennessee, and other SEC programs every year. Um, And there's a lot of prospects in this area. Also Walter state, which is just down the road, about 40 minutes or so from Knoxville goes to the JUCO World Series just about every year. I mean, there there are players around this area. And, and so Tennessee, it's sort of amazing how Tennessee just kind of kept making bad decisions and, and really, really hurt the program. Um, and you look at facilities now, uh, Tennessee Stadium is nice. If you were in the Big 12, it'd be one of the nicer ones. It's probably the 13th best stadium in the SEC. Only Missouri's is worse because Tennessee built its stadium at a time right before people started building really cool stadiums. So in order to keep Vitello in the long run, they're going to have to make even more improvements than they've made there. They've made some. They need to make even more. Um, but there is a fan base here um, because this is a metro area of a million people. Uh, people don't know that. It, this is a pretty large metro area where you can get people to the ballpark. That's not a problem. You just can't you know, be bad every year and expect not to have an impact. So if they can get this thing consistently going in the right direction – Tennessee absolutely can be an SEC power, but I've said that for probably almost 20 years now. I mean, Tennessee should be a, a really good SEC program. It just didn't do didn't do its par for a while. I thought when it hired Dave Serrano, things would change. They didn't. Um, and then Vitello comes in as a young guy. They took a chance on him, and it's worked out. So, you know, I, I think you've seen – I don't think this is a flash in the pan. I think as long as Vitello stays at Tennessee, I think you're going to see them – be a pretty strong program. I think you're going to see a lot of people in the stands.
0: Who are some of the players on the current roster that you could see making their way on the next level? Not to hold them to Todd Helton's standard and say they're going to be that good, but some some good players that are currently on the roster.
2: Well, I think a lot of the highest draft picks on this team will be our guys who are younger. Um, for instance, I mentioned uh, Tidwell earlier, the guy who's going to start Sunday. I think he's a potential first rounder next year. Uh, Sophomore right fielder Jordan Beck is a true five-tool player who has just ridiculous power. I mean, he got off to a bit of a slow start offensively this season, um, but he routinely registers. Like, they have their exit velocity tracker, and he breaks the thing with, you know, like it won't register how hard he hits the ball. Uh, He's a guy who I think could be a first-rounder next year. Um, You know, Max Ferguson, the second baseman, is a guy who got off to a bit of a slow start this year, but he's a high-round pick. Uh, Second, he's just a a wizard defensively and a guy who's got some power and has a lot of speed. He can steal bases. Uh, He he has a great OPP. He'll be a guy who's drafted pretty high. Uh, Chad Dallas, the Friday night starter, is just an unbelievable competitor and a guy who I think has a chance to pitch at the next level. Um, He's got decent stuff, you know, 93, 94, really good breaking ball, uh, change up. Uh, he's a guy who, who will do some things. Um, one of the best prospects on the team uh, is, is a guy you might not see this weekend, Connor Pavaloni, starting catcher. Uh, he's one of the best defensive catchers in college baseball, just a tremendous arm. Uh, and he hit the ball really well last year, got off to a slow start this year like a lot of guys offensively. Um, but he had just started to kind of round back into form. Uh, he took he took Vanderbilt deep deep a couple times. Um, but he also took a 97-mile-an-hour fastball off his hand, and mm-hmm. he, he got a small fracture in his hand. And so he's not been really back in the lineup since. Um, he did hit a 450-foot home run at A&M with a broken hand, which was impressive. <laughs> um, but but then he, um, they they realized their fracture was worse than they thought, and he hadn't played since. So they'll probably start Jackson Greer, who's a really good hitter, um, but not as good defensively. Uh, he'll probably be in the lineup um, this this weekend. Uh, I think they're going to give Pavloni another look x-ray today, but uh, I'm not sure he'll quite be ready yet. Um, and, and one of, you know, Jake Rucker, their third baseman, is a guy who's just a professional hitter, a guy who, you know, hits 330, 340 every year, has good power, good defender at third. Um, but one of their most fantastic players is a guy who, who, who might not be a high-round draft pick, um, but he's leading the SEC in on-base percentage by 50 freaking points. Huh. That's their shortstop, Liam Spence. Uh, this guy – I believe his on base percentage is about five thirty right now this season. Um and, and he's hitting I think three eighty five, three eighty eight, somewhere around there. He's leading the league in both categories. He's a great defensive player and he's just like I he gets three balls every bat he's up there, it seems like. He is an unbelievable, fantastic eye, great defender, and a guy who just will single and double you to death. And he's a guy at the top of the lineup who's really a catalyst for Tennessee. Um, Drew Gilbert, the center fielder, another good prospect. Um, And he's also a pitcher who can throw about 92 left-handed out of the bullpen. They've got talent, um, but some of their best recruiting classes are probably coming in the next couple years. What they're doing right now is they've got a fantastic team. That's what really gets them going. I don't know if they're going to have as many high-round picks this year as certainly at Vanderbilt or in Arkansas, um, but they'll have some guys picked, and they're just a really good team.
1: We'll continue our discussion with Wes Rucker here in just a second. But first, got to tell you about betonline.ag, and it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. You can get the latest news, odds, info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked on. That's right. Promo code locked on, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts.
2: You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks
1: podcast. So, Wes, uh, here in Arkansas, because Arkansas has been the number one team for the majority of the season, I think most fans are basically at the point where if Arkansas does not win the College World Series, it's going to be a letdown. It's going to be a disappointment. For Tennessee, because they've been hovering there in the top five pretty much most of the season, is it kind of a College World Series or bust? Is it is it going to be a massive letdown and disappointment if they don't make it to Omaha? What's, what's the expectation right now?
2: You know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, there was no tournament last season, so so Tennessee didn't get what I think would have been really good experience last season in that tournament uh, because the the year before was, was when they had broken through and gotten back to the tournament. Uh, and they did push UNC there at that UNC regional. You know, they gave them a hard time. UNC had to work hard to, to kind of outlast them. Um, but certainly if you're ranked in the top 10, top 5 all year long, you certainly want to get to Omaha or it will be a disappointment. Now, Tony Vitello... It could almost be the mayor here right now. So I I think, you know, just getting to the tournament, getting to the Super Regional Round, you know, people see the arrow this program, you know, the direction this program is pointed in right now. I think they know where it's going. It's just a matter of is this going to be the team that does it or will it come a year or two down the road? I, I think that there's no pressure in terms of, you know, this is a huge colossal failure if they don't get there. He's got some goodwill in the bank account right now. But when you get there, you might as well go ahead and go get to the thing. You know what I mean? You know, getting back to Omaha would be huge for this program, and would be, you know, the fifth time in history that they've gotten to Omaha. It would really, really solidify or prove a lot of the things they've been doing here as a program. And I think they're going to get there. I don't know if it's going to be this year or not. But, you know, I just, I think maybe one more really good starting pitcher would make you feel a little better about it. Um, Pavolone being healthy would would help you feel better about it. Um, But without guys like Leith and Joyce, I I don't know if the pitching depth um, is where it necessarily needs to be. Now, their bullpen numbers are out of this world, but they don't beat you with stuff there. They they beat you with pounding the zone, good movement, things like that. So, you know, a lot of times it just comes down to the matchups and who's hot that day. But this team probably should at least get to the Super Regional round. Uh, Anything beyond that. Um, we'll see, but I I don't think it's quite the same as it is in Arkansas right now because you know Van Horn's been building that thing for a while. They've got a machine, you know. You're it's like what Barnes has done with basketball at Tennessee now. It's like if you don't get to the Final Four, you're you know you're a failure. So <laughs> it, it, you kind of build your own monster in that way. But I do think that that um, there is some pressure there, but but not like anyone's playing for their job. Or anything.
1: All right, last one for what you get out. We just got about a minute here, Wes i got to switch gears and ask you about football. Tennessee's quite had the uh, fun thing going on with football. What's the vibe and mood like for, for the volunteers heading into 2021?
2: Well, if you're expecting that team to get – I wouldn't put any money down to get to the college football playoff. I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I listen, it's a rebuild. They lost – I believe they've lost more than anybody else has to the portal, which is the most Tennessee thing ever, that the portal will get popular right when Tennessee has a major coaching change and a coach who was not popular with the fans but was very popular with his players uh, gets terminated. Um, you know, They're, they're going to put points on the board. Hypo put points on the board everywhere he goes. He's a fantastic offensive coach. They're going to move the ball. They're going to score. I- I'm not sure who they can stop right now. Um, that's going to be their problem. They're going to have to outscore people because they they're just – I don't think they're going to be very good defensively at all. I don't think they have the – They've got some pieces, but but not anywhere near what a lot of the rest of the teams in the league have. So um, I, it's certainly a rebuilding project. Uh, I expect them to be more fun to watch for neutral people because they're going to play some high-scoring, maybe video game-type type games. But, you know, uh, it's going to take a, a few years to build this thing, I'm afraid.
1: Well, Wes, we really appreciate you joining us, man. Enjoy the weekend of baseball there in Knoxville and enjoy uh, the rest of the season. and Hopefully we'll catch up with you later down the road, all right? No problem,
2: no problem. It's going to be great weather all weekend. It might be a little chilly Friday night toward the very end there, a couple of innings there, but uh, the rest of the weekend is going to be Chamber of Commerce weather, so it'll be a good
1: time. (laughs) All right, man, we appreciate it. Have a good one. Anytime, guys. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.